You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And today we're going to spend uh, some time in a bonus episode talking about the Oscars and the Academy Awards which we watched last night. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am... Um... I've watched all three and a half hours of this really long program that needs to be trimmed down, I think. Uh, I mean, it was as long as The Irishman was. Granted, there were commercials, but uh, it needs to be trimmed down, I think, a little bit because by 1130 or whatever, I was like completely exhausted. Um, very excited right, but exhausted. for the winners, but exhausted. So. They, they got the lowest ratings they've ever gotten on this particular Oscar ceremony, so... It's yeah. it got beat up pretty badly. Yeah. I th- and I thought the the award winners were some of the most both deserving and sort of richly interesting award yeah. winners. Oh, yeah. And yet still they could pick the pace up. Well, can you imagine if those award winners weren't the actual winners and it was somebody else? I I read an article this morning that said like the only reason that they stayed afloat for this entire thing and like the ratings were actually as good as they were even though they were the worst was because of people like Brad Pitt and his speech and uh, Phoenix's speech and uh, especially Bong Joon-ho, Bong Joon-ho's speech um, and the, those yeah, winners the, and that the, being so rich right, in those, right, right, right. Uh, their responses. Um, so, so gracious across yeah, the board. Yeah, yeah. It was a very pleasant thing to watch. I actually thought Chris Rock and uh, uh, yeah, uh, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin really yeah. took a, did a nice job opening it. Yep. Uh, so, uh, and then there were some weirdnesses in the middle, but there was know. some other weirdness, but I loved, um, Sigourney Weaver's, uh, Brie Larson and, and Gal Gadot's, uh, moment on stage as well. But the opening felt really weird. Yeah. I uh, just, I don't know why I think it was Janelle Monet getting into Mr. Rogers sweater and there was a, some kind of, well, she almost had her button. There was some open. malfunction, uh, yeah, she, that happened. I'm glad she caught it. Yeah. That would have been really weird, but she laid on the, Steph, f- your, your wife is at the door. Are you lurking? Uh, she just spread her hands in front of her breast showing where the That's exposure weird. was almost. She, right we she, can't hear you. She said it popped right open. We can't hear you at all. You have to come close to the mic if you're going to say something. I know you're not going to do that. <laughs> um, why don't we, why don't we talk about, cause I don't want us to be an hour here. So let's, let's, uh, get off the event and get on to the awards. What what do you, where do you want to start? Well, they started last night, I think, with Best Supporting Actor. And you right. have um, Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci for The Irishman, and then Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, and Brad Pitt took the award. Um, was he deserving of that? I think that's really the question we're going to ask over for most over of again. these. Yeah, was yeah. he deserving of this award or did somebody else do it better? So it, it, Yeah, out of that category... And, you know, I have not, there's something in there I haven't seen at this point. Oh, it's the two popes I haven't seen because we were going to do it and I kept putting it off. Yeah. You know, having watched a hunk of the Irishman now, and I would say that I think, so I think Tom Hanks is a great actor and does a great job in a role that I think is not challenging him in a way that makes me think he should have gotten the award. So I feel real good about Pitt. Yeah. Because I thought there were moments, especially the one they showed. Yeah. Uh, well, at the car, that stuff in the the farm that were unbelievable. And the end sequence. Oh, the, the whole acid trip at the end. By the way, there may be spoilers that are in this. Not that the acid trip is really a spoiler, but 
There, there will probably be spoilers in this. I mean, there should have been. Bit, but, you know, my biggest complaint about the ceremony last night, and I actually tweeted was, it yeah, multiple times, yeah. is they just kept spoiling the movies when they would show clips. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I kept telling my wife, "You haven't seen this yet. You have to close your eyes. They're they're going to do it again." I was I was concerned for Parasite that they were going to show something they shouldn't have. That's um, the only one I think that got away with it. The other other movies they really did show critical. Yeah. Com- I mean, there was moments from Jojo Rabbit yeah. that steal the emotional. Right. Ending of it. Anyway, spoilers yes, yeah, from yeah, us. Yeah. I, well, I think Brad How about Pitt, you? I think Brad Pitt deserved it. I mean, I think I said at one point that um, I have never had so much fun watching Brad Pitt in a role. Right. Um, other than Inglorious Bastards, um, I think is my next favorite film from him. Um, so I, I'm glad he got it. And this was actually his first win for acting. He's won before for producing 12 right. Years a Slave, but this one was his first win for acting. So... I mean, he's been around for forever, so I'm glad that he finally got a win. Well, he's done some really, really good work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that one was deserving, and he was kind of the front runner for that. Um, animated feature, uh, you know, I only saw Toy Story 4 and How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Uh, I hear I Lost My Body is incredible. It's certainly in the room was where the breath fell, right? Like the applause, the sound certainly popped up during that. Yes, yeah. There was a gasp, almost noticeable gasp in their emptiness of space around Toy Story 4 winning. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and, and Toy Story 4 winning, I mean, it was it was beautiful. Like the animation style, the real I mean, the hair on the cat in that movie that everybody's talking about. Like the cat looks like a real cat sometimes. Uh, so I mean, this the technology behind it is is pretty crazy. So, but I think I lost my body. The I mean, I need to see it. I need to see it. So, and that may be the I lost my body. Maybe you know one of those movies that becomes like this cult classic animation favorite right. that just sticks around and influences a whole new generation of animators. Um, so, I don't know. I'm excited to see that. Uh, yeah, we, we should hit let's the scre- just hit let's the talk big, about the screenplay stuff. Actually, I'm really really yeah. excited to have a conversation. All right, about so this that. was this one was uh interesting. Best original screenplay. You have Ryan Johnson for Knives Out, Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson Cairns for nineteen seventeen, Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon Ho for Parasites. That's a stacked category. It's an impossible you can't choose. It's it's an impossible category. I have to say, this is going to sound like nuts. The weak link is Tarantino, and yeah. saying that is insane, yeah. <laughs> right? Saying that Tarantino is the weak link in a in a great movie's writing that's right. nuts. Uh, I you know I you know a lot of ways I wish Ryan Johnson had taken this because I think that movie is really clever, well crafted, mm-hmm. yeah, and boldly against where film is sometimes headed like the darkness we want to see film move towards right we seem to be seeing it head towards yeah yeah and i mean they all have their own like i I look at the list of people here and i feel like if i were to read each of these scripts i would very much hear the voice of the filmmaker through the words um and their writing styles and all of that like it would just feel like they have their own unique stamp and unique voice uh which is probably why they all got nominated other than the fact that all of these movies are incredible um but yeah i, I was kind of hoping for for a win from ryan johnson but honestly i would have been happy with any of these winners no i couldn't have been unhappy about it and actually when 
uh, Bong Joon Ho won, I became very concerned for the rest of his placement. Like it was right, a moment right. in the night they, where I was did like, did they give uh -oh. it to him just because he didn't win anything else? Yeah, uh oh, was we're going to give him an American award, and we're going to give him a uh, right. I think it was like the award. first time. The first time in seventeen years that a non-English film has won. Um, best original screenplay. Yeah, so. It's, so it's so fascinating. And I, I mean, I think, you know, 1917, the problem of 1917 from a script perspective is if script and dialogue are equitable, there's a lot of scripting yeah. in that film that is about movement and right. position. And maybe some people see that as a different story, but you can't say that about marriage story. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like a masterwork yeah. of two-person scene writing. I mean, this is going to be the first time we say it, and I'm sure we're going to say it again. Nineteen, uh, nineteen seventeen, uh, twenty nineteen was an incredible year for films. I mean, the movies that are no the movies that are nominated this year, uh, just normally there's like this weak link somewhere in there. There's a few movies that are being nominated every year that just feel like they're a little subpar against the rest of the competition. And you're like, okay, I know that these films here are going to clean up and the rest are just kind of in here because there wasn't enough good stuff that came out this year. But for 2019, just consistently over and over again, granted it is the same like eight films that are being nominated, but but there are films that should be present that aren't. Like, where yes. is the farewell in this conversation? Yeah, right. There are so many films that were so good this year that you're disappointed when a lot of these other ones don't make the cut, like right. the farewell. Uh, so, and I, I think there was probably a few more on our list that I we think could, we'll find we them as through. we move yeah. through. So anyway, uh, glad I, Parasite won for yeah. It's for great. That. It's a great piece of writing, and I think that one of the things about it that's pretty interesting is hearing him speak you know, the the idea that this may have first begun as a play, right? And it, it became the screen by right. virtue of his vision. I think all of that makes for an interesting sense of the writing of it being primary. Yeah, um, I actually found the script online last night. So just Google, if you wanna read how to, you know, you wanna read Parasite, you can read the script. It's just online somewhere, just Google Parasite script. So good. Um, best adapted screenplay. Um, again, you have a whole bunch of people in here um, the Irishman, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, Two Popes, and Joker. And our friend Alex said last night that he feels like it's not fair that Joker has to have the adapted screenplay because it's not really based off of anything other than the actual character, right? Right. Like Joker, uh, yep. like this is a completely original script, is it not? As far as I know, it's an it's a, right. It's based. It's an adaptation of a, a what just, essentially a character, some character yeah. idea of origin story and. And I think that's problematic. It's weird it's sitting in there. Although I don't think it beats Parasite or Marriage Story in Best Original. No, 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 yeah. So it falls in a place where it may have had a safer bet. Yeah, right. My biggest struggle here was Jojo Rabbit versus Little Women. They, right. Little Women, because the adaptation of Little Women was so clever mm -hmm. and beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, but Jojo Rabbit is yeah equally wonderful. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I don't know what the... I haven't read either of the books that these movies are based on. So all I know from Little Women is that you hate Amy March <laughs> in the book and can't stand her. And in the movie, that's not really the case. Right. Um, and they've kind of flipped that on its head. And so to be able to do that and kind of look at this story that's been around since the 18, what, 1860s mm -hmm. uh, to give it a fresh perspective is really difficult with 
I think there's two other films that are out, right? Yeah, yeah. So and I, and you know I heard people saying that you know she made it contemporary, and I and I don't think that's true. I think yeah. she made it. She just took and told a story of real people, right? And that desire for us to say it's contemporary almost cheats the fact that what she did is she just gave humanity to people who we would normally push into a box of some time before our own understanding some pre-modern right. era yeah so uh yeah i i, I she was the, the to me she script, was the front runner like he, i thought Greg yeah, Gerwig was gonna get it absolutely uh, and and deservedly so but jojo rabbit is a extraordinarily clever piece of writing yeah and uh, and so I'm I'm comfortable with that certainly. Uh, let's move on to production design. Yikes! Uh, again, another f- bunch of films that like how do you choose? Uh, you have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, 1917, Jojo Rabbit, and Parasite. Uh, and you know normally the films that are up for best production design are period pieces, right? And and films along those lines, and. Every film in here is a period piece except for Parasite. Right. Um, and that's a cultural piece. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they replaced period as culture. Cultural. But. Yeah, right. Um, and so I knew Parasite. I was like, Parasite doesn't even stand a chance. Even though the production design actually is really beautiful. Um, just the, the whole set, the house, the the clean lines and architecture everything around and the different worlds that they're in the down the street the on the hill the basement all of those areas are so clean and crisp right and specific yeah but i i you know i had a feeling i was like my my guess was 1917 or jojo rabbit was going to take it i particularly loved jojo rabbit's i agree production design uh but once upon a time in hollywood took it and (laughs) i think i forgot that that movie was a period piece because you have two <laughs> you have two other movies that took place you know back in World War One and World War Two and Brad Pitt is you know in this movie we're with Brad Pitt I feel like more often than we're with Leo and so every time I think about this at least for me when I think well, about Once Upon right. a Time in Hollywood I think of Brad Pitt's character and he's just in jeans sandals and like a button down Hawaiian shirt right. and I'm like I know people who wear that today so when I think of this movie I don't think of it being a period piece I just think of Brad Pitt wearing his normal everyday clothes yeah and you know when you have uh dicaprio he's acting in a tv show it's you know right there's that right distance. so he's wearing a costume most right. of the time so it, it doesn't feel like it's right uh, and you're on set with him and mm-hmm. you know you're in a western you know it's not actually back in the old west and, and so. yet all of that is the production design that's yeah. being awarded here which right. is pretty it, i mean transparent in a way uh, interesting. So yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about this with costume design too. I just, Jojo Rabbit had some extraordinarily interesting yeah. work done, but I also can understand that the simplicity of some of that right. may have been what undercut it compared to the subtle complexity of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think Once Upon a Time definitely earned it. Um, yeah, there's no, I, I, I don't, I'm not angry about them winning. Like, I think I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I even think back to the whole strip, the road that they were on, all the signs they had to put up and all of the, the background detail work and the Absolutely. posters, and all of that stuff. So, um, you said something about costume design. So let's move on to that real quick. Um, you have the Irishman Joker once upon a time in Hollywood, little women and Jojo rabbit. Who did you kind of think was going to take this? 
So I, you know from the podcast that I think the paper uniform uh, in <laughs> Jojo Rabbit is one of the single best pieces of costume work I may have ever seen in film. It's like, not paper. It's paper-like. Right, paper-like. <laughs> I, I, I loved it so much. And I also really, really loved the way our two leads costumes changed and they were period and yeah. yet they felt contemporary. Things had texture and I just loved the costumes in yeah. that movie. Yeah, the, At, the shoe choices and, oh, it, well, it was, every, you know, all of it. The yeah, sock yeah, yeah. choices, like right, all of right. these things, like really interesting, subtle things that made yeah. such a difference. And we talked about the shoes, right? We talked about right. how, how that matched out. So I felt really strongly about that and that had been where my heart was. But I don't have any discomfort with Little Women taking <laughs> it because yeah. they're incredible costumes. Again, finding a way to be contemporary and period all at once. Sure, yeah. And, you know, going into the, before the award was announced, I um, I was thinking, okay, I think Little Women's going to get it just because of, again, this is from 1860s and you are, you know, with, with in Jojo Rabbit, you're kind of dressing, you know, uh, Elsa and uh, Jojo and, you know, just a handful of people. But in this film, like there are so many extras in the backgrounds of all of these shots on Little Women. Right. Dancing sequences and the French streets and the streets in Massachusetts and in New York. And you're seeing so many different people um, just in the backgrounds. These extras they had to fit with period uh, accurate dress Right. And uh, suits and hats and canes and um, just everything. So I, you know, I had a strong feeling that that was going to take it. And I think it really deserved it because yeah, it was just so strong. It was so well done. And normally, you th I mean, those period pieces again are going to take it. Uh, and the older the period, I feel like the harder it is to do just because especially, especially before you have um, really solid cameras and, things to document sure. those time periods, right? But just, you know, I just think about Alfie Allen and Sam Rockwell's costume <laughs> at the end, and I'm like, that is extraordinary. Yeah. Like, it's such yeah, a yeah. piece of work. And the stripping of and replacing of uniform and all those little details. Yeah. Uh, you know, but again, this is a stacked category. These are films that are impeccable. It really is. There, there's not someone who, there's not an outlier there. I haven't seen any of these documentaries, um, no documentary short, haven't seen any of those, or documentary feature. Um, I'm, I'm going to be watching American Factory. A friend of mine wants to have okay. a watch party now because they said Workers of the World Unite when they won. Hmm. And so the you know suddenly it became a, wait, did they quote Karl Marx? And so we have to watch it now. <laughs> I'm not sure that completely their intention, and I will discover that as I watch it. Interesting. How about Supporting Actress? This is really an interesting group. This is another one where... I felt like I didn't have any way to make a decision. No, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think that Kathy Bates or Margot Robbie were going to take it. Um, I, I don't think that they just didn't have enough buzz around them. Right. I haven't heard enough from those two movies. We didn't see Richard Jewell or bombshell. You didn't see bombshell on your own. Did right. you No. Um, I just didn't feel like those were going to be it. Um, but from what we did see marriage story, little women and Jojo rabbit, um, you know, Scarlett Johansson was amazing in Jojo Rabbit. And it wasn't until you get to the scene of, of her smearing the uh, charcoal on her face that I was like, that, that was the scene where I was like, oh, that's why she's nominated for 
for both best actress and best supporting actress. Yeah, literally, I said to my wife, "There's the scene why she's nominated. Close your eyes." Yeah, she hasn't seen the movie yet. Right. right? So right. I was like, "You, you can't, watch <laughs> can't watch this." But the thing that just happened—that's unbelievable. Yep. Um, that was one of the places I started to get really angry about spoilers. Sure. Um, I, I thought Laura Dern was great in that role, in what is a difficult role to play because she's the bad guy and the nice the nice person. guy like yeah, she's righteous yeah. and she's wrongious yeah at once <laughs> what a word yeah. uh yeah no i mean you you don't like her and yet you feel like maybe she's telling them to do the right thing but at the same time it's just not it's well just and not the, the right resolution thing. of the movie which seems reasonably satisfactory falls right within her decision making process yeah but i thought the work she was doing to keep that subtle distinction mm-hmm. was really great and I thought Florence Pugh was spectacular in Little Women. I am so happy she's getting recognition. Um, I mean, this was really a breakout year for her. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about Midsummer because of trauma, but there was a Midsummer moment in the opening. Oh, I know. You should have seen me. I was like, no, 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 you can't do this. There's people in flower crowns, and then she's in. Yeah, I just I. I was about to look. I was, I was about to go to the restaurant. Bear to Lisa, bear. my wife. Bear, bear. There'll be a bear. No, oh my gosh. Nope, can't do that movie. But I'm okay. glad that she got the recognition in this film. Uh, I mean, she's so young. She's just starting. I think she's 24, and like we're gonna see her for a long time, a long time. So, well, and we're gonna see her in about a month, right? Um, yeah, right. She's in Black uh, Black, Black Widow. Widow anyway. So very excited. So, yeah. So I thought that was good. I have to say that. You know, in the pre-show stuff, there was so much talk about Margot Robbie being this sort of emotional center mm. of Bombshell, and uh, and and so I'm glad that she got that recognition yeah. in that particular role. Uh, yeah, so I, I I'm sorry for Scarlett Johansson, but I think Laura, Laura Dern's fine. Yeah, um, sound mixing and sound editing, two different awards that sometimes I feel like should be the same award, but because of and we see here two different winners and the reason why they're two different awards is because I mean the sound mixing it just is essentially like what do they want you to hear versus the sound editing is like all of the random sounds they're putting in and creating and adding right yeah so, I heard a line today that um, the sound mixer is Dr. Frankenstein <laughs> and the sound editor is Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> that, you know, that like it's the maker and the post-production yeah. experience of it. Um, and I haven't seen Ford versus Ferrari. I know you've seen that. So I had no place to... Sure. To I didn't no way to judge if that's right or wrong in sound editing. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, in my head's like, I, I think like, okay, you know, you have a war movie. Most of the time, I think that that's going to take it just because of all the gunshots and right. tank sounds and all of the sounds that come with war. However, 1917 wasn't too battle heavy. You know, it's not Omaha Beach scene of Saving Private Ryan. Um, it's it's more quiet. Like 1917 is a pretty quiet war movie. Uh, and that's probably why mixing is where it gains its yeah. strength. Right? Yeah. And, well, in mixing, I think that. of there's one scene in particular in 1917 and he's in a bunker and you can hear outside of the bunker them telling the soldiers a command. And you right. understand where the film has gone in that moment um, without spoiling anything. Um, you understand what's happening without seeing it, uh, which I thought was really nice. Instead of us following our character outside, 
it was it was just complete sound telling you what's happening. So and and the sound mixing, the balancing that happens when you have yeah. sounds of war, even and those sounds of war can be someone being sliced with a right. blade. Right. Th- those things were clear and distinct and and present in the world, and so that makes some sense to me, right? Yeah. Well, and you think about all the sounds that our character's hearing on his journey, right? And what is tipping him off to run and to hide and all of those things. Um, he's basing his entire uh, decision, his decision making process is all based on his right. sound it's and hearing, sound. and that's a lot of great. the times he can't see mm-hmm. because of the the lighting scenario. So I think that's clever. So um, they, d- I think they deserve the win for best sound mixing. I think Ford vs Ferrari deserved the win for best sound editing because great. of all of the car sounds. The that just the the actual editing of adding in revving of engines and squealing of tires and um, the mm. stick shift and the clutch and like just the amount of complex sounds that come with a single car and then multiply that by you know a bunch of different races right. throughout the film that's a lot of work so um the biggest the biggest uh thing i was worried about was roger deakins getting oh, snubbed for best cinematography as the night was wearing on i'm starting to get like fear for 1917 which i think is an extraordinary movie yeah and an important movie and i was really worried so that was a relief yeah, um, Deacons has been nominated. This was his 15th nomination, I believe, and his second win ever. He won previously for Blade Runner 2049 um, and is without doubt, I mean, he's going to go down as one of the greatest cinematographers of all time, but right now, one of the greatest living cinematographers right. today. Um, and it's not because he has a style, but because he brings... Um, a fresh perspective to each film and gives the film a style rather than like, you know, you can see Wes Anderson, his fingerprint all over his cinematography style. But with Deacons, it's a complete new look for every film, whatever serves the the film's purpose. The best is what he chooses. Um, Very glad he won because I mean, he's definitely an inspiration and hero for me. So I really honestly thought if they were going to pick anybody else, it was going to be, um, Jaron Blash for the Lighthouse. No, I was right with you there. Uh, still amazing cinematography. Well, I, and film. I think part of the reason that has to be present, even if that movie didn't get a lot of acknowledgement here in the awards across the board, is because I mean they're using bizarre equipment, right? Strange film stock, working in devastatingly difficult environments in a wacky, yeah, uh, you know. They're using crazy filters. I think I read that they use like maybe it was a infrared filter of some sort that took out. I, I might to be blow the you contrast, wrong. right? It to, was something with that. like they wanted to yep. show the blemishes of people, the skin. Yep. And so they added this filter on there to make them look rougher. And I'm like, that is such a cool choice to make. So when the lighting yeah. in that is interesting, light source yeah. is interesting. There's so much happening. Aspect in, ratio. In that, the aspect ratio. Everything. I mean, just that challenge, right? To be right. thinking in that different space and operating technologically in that way deserves and that's why it's great when you see someone get that recognition for mm-hmm. that work even and if they color. don't win i mean it's a black and white film made in 2019 like mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen anymore so um, i mean we you know there's moments where we're in the rain moving and we're in they're in the rain moving with 100 year old equipment yeah there's something to be said for that work yeah. ethic but still placing that against deacons i just don't know how you you do it because yeah. deacons wasn't deal deacons was dealing with technical challenges right they just aren't manufactured technical challenges by an aesthetic choice they're story-based 
Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, Deacon's created the challenges for himself rather than like, the, I mean, he he created his obstacles, right? And said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna create my obstacles so that I can have a better film." Whereas they were like, "I guess we're gonna shoot on vintage lenses because that's what they would have used." back then and, and so right, like the, that's right. not like they had an obstacle in front of them that they needed to hurdle they had an obstacle in front of they just chose the path they took whereas deacons was like i'm going to create all these challenges for myself because it'll be a better film yeah and i don't and, know how to explain that differently it, yeah, i think you did great I, and i just don't think <laughs> i mean I, I and but i think the right choice has been made here i yeah, just oh, yeah, want to yeah, acknowledge yeah. the fact for that sure. the lighthouse truly deserves recognition and absolutely the other, films do too. the other ones do yeah absolutely the, the mean, li- yeah the, the, the irishman is beautiful the irishman's be- and and robert richardson for once upon a time in hollywood is an amazing cinematographer well and it's a beautifully shot film yeah. right oh, yeah. and there are distinct i mean the thing about that right is is the cinematography is about location right whereas you know we're about we're about location in the lighthouse but it's single location yeah whereas you know we're changing location to tell a story in once upon a time in america yeah so yeah they're it's the complexity for cinematography is is what what gets them the win uh and roger deakins was absolutely i mean i was going to be angry because you have you have lubetsky who did it um you know, a one shot take in Birdman. And then he did like a natural light only sort of film right. for the Revenant and one for both of those. Right. And I'm like, if, if Roger Deakins can somewhat combine the two together and he doesn't win, then like, that's a serious snub. Yep. Um, granted he didn't use just all natural light. A lot of the times he did right when it was just cloudy scenes, mm-hmm. but obviously you have a full building on fire at one point and that's all not natural light. That's right. big old, big old light sitting in a building. So he deserves it anyway. Um, film editing, you know, I'm I'm a little distraught over this category a little bit. <laughs> uh, I you know you have the Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Ford Ford v Ferrari. Is that actually a name? Ford v Ferrari or Ford versus Ferrari? No, uh, you know I'm not really up. sure. Um, they're all listed here. Talking. Ford v Ferrari, and uh, and then you have Parasite. Um, you know I I have to say, Ford versus Ferrari is not a bad movie. Is it actually Ford v Ferrari? It is in fact, Ford v Ferrari. Well, is, is it, it versus VS? I I am think I, so. Am I correct in assuming that that's what it? Should yeah, be? I think it might be. But maybe it was a misspelling and it was too much money to add the S. <laughs> Someone made a typo on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> that poor graphic designer. Um, you know, I have to say that Ford v Ferrari. See, I'm just gonna call it verse is not a bad movie, but it's about thirty minutes too long. Okay. Um. And there's, you know, that comes down to the editing for me. I think they could have taken out 30 minutes of this movie. And don't even get me started on The Irishman. Like, that movie is probably over an hour too long. Um, Anyway, to me, I really think Parasite should have won this award. Only because of the amazing montage scene in the middle of the film and the the pacing and the dynamics of how one shot leads to the next um i mean it it's masterful it, re- it is really masterful um jojo rabbit would have been my second pick for that i don't think joker was really in the running for this one at all to be honest okay for me anyway um and it might just be because i don't i didn't notice the film editing in joker um yeah joker but, was my th- second choice so okay. i i thought uh i 
in my anticipation was really um, that Parasite probably should have taken it. Yeah. But Joker has some really interesting work because of the way we get between illusion and reality. Sure, sure. And so it is editing that's making me catch or getting making me miss the tells that let me know. Right. Like good editing. Right. That that I I don't know when I'm in fantasy and reality. I mean, editing is one of those things, right, where if you're an editor, your entire goal is to remain invisible. Right. And maybe maybe Joker does deserve to win that for me because I don't remember the editing at all. And so maybe right. that's actually the tell that mm -hmm. says it should have been But Parasite's there, so. spectacular. That's so good. So um, I don't even really care to talk about visual effects. You might have we well, skip can that. Well, can I just say that say? that there's a certain part of me that wants to like set flame to the fact that Lion King's included on that? Well, right, because it's but because even if it's good, it's an error. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they market this as live action? I mean, it's it's weird, right? So so it's it's an error for me, and yeah. it it has this huge uncanny valley problem right. that means to me it's not successful. Right. So why is it on that list? Right, where, where the what the visual effects in 1917 are brilliantly done because they're subtle in the background. Right, and you don't know what's real and what isn't. And right? you have to put the Irishman in that category because of the de aging, even if it's not always successful. Right, but because of the technology they invented for the film and the it same thing with, in there. with Endgame. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the the final. I mean Portals is a <laughs> masterwork of visual yeah. effects because yeah. it serves a story. But I know why those, why Star Wars and Avengers don't get it in that list. Sure, but I and I thought 1917 deserved it. But the Lion King on there bugged me. It was they, yeah. go, they read down the list and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's not okay. Um, hairstyling and makeup. I mean, I knew from the from the get go that Bombshell was going to take this. Yeah. I you know when I saw, first saw the trailer for the film, I was like, are we sure this is not Megyn Kelly playing Megyn Kelly? Megyn Kelly is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't fully believe at first that that was Charlize Theron underneath. No, yeah, makeup. absolutely. I really, I was like, yeah. I really think she might be playing herself. Um, so, I, I mean, that and the fact that uh, uh, John Lithgow is in it again. And um, I feel, I hope he doesn't keep getting cast as fat old men, um, you know, like he did in The Crown with Winston Churchill. Yeah. But he does a great job at playing fat old men. He's got who that are, little jowly. Yeah, he's got the jowls down, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then you have Nicole Kidman. Like the makeup was spectacular throughout the whole film, and I hadn't, I haven't seen the whole film. I've just seen the trailers. I can't imagine what it's like for two, almost two hours. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I figured that would win. Any other thoughts on that? Nope. Cool. Um, let's come back to international film. Good. Okay. Uh, music. What was your pick? You have Joker, Whoa, Little this Women. This another yeah. killer I know. freaking thing. This this was so... So I have to say, like, Rise of Skywalker gets bumped right off that list. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why it's last in the it, list. It, I mean, it just gets bumped <laughs> right off the list. And and it's not because it's not good, but because to some extent it's a reduction of other work. Well, John Williams has done eight other and, Star Wars. And, like, he and, knows what he's doing and at the, this point. The majesty of it is that he's able to craft an original piece with all the old stuff present, right? Yeah, right? But that's not enough for me to stand against the other four films. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked at this list and after getting rid of Rise of Skywalker, I had no way to make a decision. Yeah. The only reason that I predicted Joker was because of the bathroom scene. Um, yeah. That was I, it. I, yeah, I'll give you that. I, I fear I was like the symphonic nature of the bathroom sequence um, and his dancing throughout the film. Mm -hmm 
not necessarily him on the stairs because that's to a completely different song. Right, and it's just iconic. But the feeling that the music elicited for that character and you could understand the inner torment and outer perception of him through a piece of music um, was a level up from everybody else on the list. And so... Yeah, when prediction. you listen to it played, right? They they played this little bit of the scores. The Joker stuff was like, whoa, yeah. whoa, what am I hearing? And yeah. that, and I think in watching 1917, the music is really meaningful. Like it's yeah. very, very powerful. I think that you're going to hear a lot of anger in the geek community sure. that uh, Endgame isn't there because of Portals, which is sort of one of the greatest pieces of cinematic yeah. composition. Yeah. Well, without that music, it it falls flat, right? It really, it doesn't because do of the it, emotion right. that it that it, it gives uh, but, you. So. But but that's not the whole score, so I dig why it's not there. But right. you, I, at least, yeah, some we have to throw portals in there. But yeah, Joker certainly deserves this, uh, and we can argue about the others, I guess. Um, Oof, now we get to the big ones, right? Let's do best actor. Okay, great. Uh, you have uh, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Uh, there's two films I haven't seen, Pain and Glory and The Two Popes, so I have a hard time kind of saying if sure. they were deserving of it. Um, but, I mean, to me, Adam Driver did... Uh, I, I, they played the, they played the, oh, uh, they pl- the fight, the right? The freaking spoiler fight. scene again. I got mad I, again. I know. They played that fight in the... Uh, kind of the preview for the for his acting and i got i got sad immediately and i had chills right i got chills yep absolutely Um, that work is the his work in that movie is extraordinary yeah then the problem is that joker's work is in a way more palpable in its in its extremity yeah right yeah yeah we we are we are stuck seeing Adam Driver as a man and Joker is something else. Yeah. And I think that may be part of where that went. Yeah, right. Like he won because he took it to the extreme and just did something completely weird and out there, right? Is that why we were saying he won? That, that's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. I, I think he just pushed the limits sure. of his body's capacity as right. an actor. He also lost like 50 pounds for the yeah. role. Yeah. So. And that, you know, the, the intensity of the work and to some extent, you know, he grew as an actor in right. a very palpable way during right. that film too. But I, I, it, this category was, I mean, Jonathan Price is a treasure for us as I yeah. mean, he's a brilliant actor. And Banderas, this is his big moment, right, for this film that he may never get another shot. I was wondering if they were going to sort of go that direction because right. he's an old Hollywood person and has yeah. not had a shot and this movie is meaningful and it's about you know it's by a friend of his about a friend of his mm. you know that kind of work i haven't, had, I haven't had the chance to watch it yet and but. then I, you know and i was like why is the dicaprio there and then they showed that it's scene in the trailer uh they, they sh- no they showed the scene of him and the little girl talking about oh and i was like oh yeah, no that's why he's yeah, there yeah. okay i understand i understand exactly what's happening here yeah now. leo did an amazing job um but man, I just I can't get over Adam Driver's performance. I, yeah, it's like I, I, I'm right with you. There. Any other year, I think Driver would have easily taken this, um, and I think maybe he should have. I think I think it's a little bit. Not saying that it's easy to kind of go to nope. the extreme, 
but I think it's it's harder to be subtle than it is to be over the top. Sure, and I think the Academy maybe need to deal maybe needed to deal with Joker in a way. Sure, that people responded to that. Right. I mean, and I have to say, I wasn't going to say much about this, and I think we can talk about this at the end. But I thought his speech was fascinating, mm -hmm. extraordinary, and unexpected. Yeah, and he's been given these weird kind of um, little seminars in all in the other award shows. Like he did right. something similar in Golden Globes, and so I expected. I think I said before to. I think I said to Steph before he started talking. I was like, he's going to get political in a second. You could feel it. And, I, and I love that know. he ended though with a reference to his brother. brother. I mm -hmm. thought that was, and he got choked up then. And, yeah. I, and I thought that you know, too often the stridentness of political commentary means we lose him. And I and he was so sensitive. And then to yeah. sort of break his heart at the end, it was wonderful. I mean, you have, I I mean, I don't like the politics of that all that much right when people get up and they're like and well they i want to use my position. voice i'm like i don't right. need to hear about how much you hate right. donald trump like you're not you're a rich millionaire guy living in west hollywood and you don't get my struggles you don't get it right. and that's i think a lot of people's arguments mm -hmm. but phoenix had this genuine authenticity to him that felt very different than other people have felt yeah absolutely yeah. even if they were righteous it felt very different right so i, I appreciate it I, I did like his speech um, I'm glad he won. To be honest, I'm glad he won. So, um, yeah, but we're still gonna be I, on Adam Driver. I we still, have a I'm still Team Driver here. Driver. Yeah, uh, actress Renee Zellweger has been the front runner for the, the entire like mm -hmm. award season. So I had a feeling she was gonna take it. But man, do I wish Scarlett Johansson would have won this? No, I'm I'm completely with you. I have to say that I also really think that. Um, and I'm gonna mispronounce her name again. Sorsha. Sorsha Ronan. Uh, I that that was such a spectacular portrayal, so subtle. There's yeah. that one moment I talked about when we did the review. This that sort of transition to I'm gonna be alone. Right. So beautiful. Right. But Johansson was, and the, my, my problem is that Johansson got missed in two categories. Mm -hmm in which she both probably could have won. Yeah, again, any other year when you don't have this stacked list of films and performances, I think she would have taken it easily. Yeah, and, so. and, and you know, Judy doesn't get any other recognition because it is Zellweger's performance that is what makes that movie worth its right. nature. Right. So, um, so here we go. All right, well, let's circle back to international, international feature sure. film. Um, you have uh, Francis Les Miserables, not the musical right. documentary, I think. Right. Right. Uh, and then you have North Macedonia's Honeyland. Again, another documentary. Poland's Corpus Christi. Is that a documentary as well, or is that a uh, is that a uh, narrative? Uh, Corpus Christi from Poland. And then you have uh, Parasite and Pain and Glory. Right. I mean, and Pain and Glory is Aldemar's Aldemar's piece. Okay, so so Corpus Christi is a drama. It's a narrative film. So you have two documentary, three narrative film. Parasite was the front runner for this, and no surprise that it took the win. Uh, right. I mean, it was my choice for what mm -hmm. should win. I I can't imagine that a documentary is going to upstage a narrative film in a category like this. You know, um, I just don't see that happening. So Parasite was the win, and if Parasite didn't win it, I was going to say Pain and Glory was going to get it. But I'm 
thrilled that Parasite got it, obviously. Yeah, so. it, it's a fascinating thing, right? Because if you're thinking about it, Parasite takes two awards for best. So Parasite is the best film in the world. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, yeah. Like, not jumping the gun on where we're going to go next. But Parasite is the best film in the world. And I think, actually, it deserves to be the best film in the world. Yeah. To some extent, Pain and Glory m maybe deserves that because it is truly not an American film. It's truly an international film. Yeah. Whereas Parasite may be a, a world film. It's just so complex. Can, I have such an issue, though, with international film, like that category. Agreed. Because this 1917 should fall in here, too. If we're saying that anything outside of the United States is international, mm. then 1917 being a British film should well, yeah. fall in here. But the idea is it's English language, and they just changed the name of the category. Right. It's not. It's not foreign anymore. Right. It's right. It's not foreign language. So, it's yeah. International. So that's that's the issue. Um, right. I understand foreign language. If you're saying English is our is our standard, everything that isn't English is now a foreign language film. So. To me, anything that isn't made within, I don't know, it maybe it comes down to studio and what studio produced it. I don't know how they do these, where, where the line's drawn, but right. there's some kind of weird thing for me with international feature film. Um, I am so disappointed that The Farewell wasn't nominated in this category. Yeah. Um, although I still feel like that is an American film set in China about an American right. girl. I still think it should have been nominated for at least international feature film so that's if it shouldn't it shouldn't have won i think parasite should have won <laughs> even with the farewell in yeah. that category but it's funny because you you know part of me is that fair play person and, and yeah. that's not what competition's about but i, I want to see some balance but i also understand that parasite stands in a place i think we're going to see this it's a it's a hundred year movie you know it's a movie yes that's going to sit in our cultural consciousness yeah. for quite a long time. I mean, Steph and I have this scratch off poster downstairs of, you know, this bucket list of a hundred movies right. you need to watch before you die. And if this, if that list was updated today, Parasite would be on that list. Well, the killer is. Why? What's the point of the, the point of the thing is it's all like trailblazing movies. Like that's key. Yes. Okay. Yeah, sure. It, it's like movies that have changed the, and well, or that I've we'll get to unique. we'll get to that okay, in a I second. Just, you gotta know what the movie list is about. Yeah, <laughs> but there are also movies that like I mean, The Godfather's on there, and Back to the Future's on there, and I'm not gonna say like Back to the Future is a trailblazing not movie, trailblazing. but like it's a movie that you know. Was on there? Well, yeah, but Back to the Future pushed cinema forward a little bit. I don't know, but uh, so let's move from Parasite and International Feature Film to Parasite and Best, Best Director. Right. And you have Bong Joon-ho who wins for Parasite. And that's an upset for Sam Mendes. Because for sure. he was the front runner for that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah he didn't look too thrilled for a well, minute. At that point, Mendes, I think, realized where the tide of this was going. And this p picture that yeah. in any other year would have yeah. swept the awards. Right. right. You know, if he just made the decision to hold this sucker for six weeks... For yeah. three weeks. Oh my God! You understand what I mean? Yeah, he wanted to get it into the twenty to twenty. They made it right? to get into twenty nineteen, and yeah. he threw it into a, a, with this piece that probably normally wouldn't have been against him in the competition. Right. The danger of holding off for a, f a front release, right, of the year, is that you're f you're forgotten about. 
Oh yeah. Did I, you know that Us came out in 2019? I, I do know that. Absolutely. That, that was completely forgotten. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and therefore not nominated, um, which is a shame because that movie's really good too. Uh, but yeah, like I, I mean, Sam Mendes. I, I think about, you know, they've, these guys have been going to these award shows for the last six weeks, right? And it's been one thing after the other. All your friends, oh, Sam Mendes won again for best director. Cool, good for him. He deserves it. And then Bong Joon-ho gets up and wins. Although maybe Bong Joon-ho won in another awards. I don't really know. But these guys have been seeing this pattern kind of right. unfold, right? Phoenix has won like every time for these these award shows. So it, it, it can definitely come as an upset in, in the academies when the for them. I mean, for us, it's like not a big deal. But for them, it's completely expected or unexpected. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I'm glad he won that, and I loved his acceptance speech. It was beautiful. Yeah, um, and talking about cutting this trophy up into five pieces and mm-hmm. sharing it with, with the rest of the the nominees and. Yeah, I mean, man, like, he was. I mean, he talked about like how he studied Marty Scorsese's films and how yep. like Tarantino would put his own films on his personal favorites list. And I just love the whole sentiment of these filmmakers and directors honoring each other and appreciating the work that everybody else is doing. Um, right. You know, they, and they admire the work. And it takes a guy like Bong Joon-ho to stand up and do that, who is mm-hmm. in some way, you know, I want to say he's the innocent in the yeah. r- in that room, right? Yeah, right. He's not jaded in a way. And part of that is, I think, who the man is. Yeah, I thought that was a beautiful speech, and I thought that, I mean, he certainly deserves the, for the work. It's not like he doesn't deserve it for the work. Oh, he certainly deserves it for the work. I mean, the movie's incredible. There's this really cool uh, shot that, you know, I think it might have been actually in the international film category when he won, and him and his, uh, uh, I don't know, whoever was up there with him went up there. They both, right. two people won, were holding the Oscar for international film, I think. And there's this great shot where, his partner speaking and he's in the background and he's just smiling yeah staring at the 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 little golden man that he mm-hmm. just won and i think it was just such a i i could feel his emotion um i'm glad he won i, 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 really I do want to say if they're going to continue to have non-english language people involved they need to in- extend their talking time yeah because it, it takes time to translate yeah. You can't cut their time in half. Yeah, you need, to add, you need to double the time. Exactly, and that's why I sort of love what happens at the end, which we'll get to as we move yeah. into Best Picture. Um, well, let's get right to it. Um, best Picture, you have 1917, The Irishman, uh, uh. Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ford vs. Ferrari, and Parasite. There's... I don't know why they nominate so many films. I feel like they cut this list down again to like five It or used six. to be smaller, and now it's, it's been really extended. It's eight or nine. Um... To me, I don't know why Ford vs. Ferrari was even in this category. Just felt like they added in their last minute. Um, <laughs> don't, I just don't know why yeah, it was in there. People voted for it, right? I so. know. I just, I just don't know why. Um, but everything else, I completely understand why it's in here. And, I mean, the front runner for me, I honestly, I was like, I thought 1917 was going to win it. I thought that Sam Mendes was going to get the best director. When and, I thought 1917 had it because we'd already given Parasite. Right, you these gave Bong two, Joon-ho everything so you, else. Well, well you <laughs> gave him um, international film and you gave him American director. So he had the stake that I means un, two unprecedented sort of yeah. pieces of material, right? Yeah. Like this, this 
this then first in this new category or redefined category right uh foreign language uh director like a director is not english speaking yeah in uh in a film that for all practical purposes we would have thought was international is listed as a best director and wins it seemed like that right. was where we were and then you know a, a surprise i mean a legit yeah. and i mean i think he was surprised certainly i mean he was surprised when he got his name called for best director right. he certainly wasn't expecting to to go up there for best picture i think he realized i think he was thinking sam mendes was going to take this and 1917 was going to take this from him so um he even said he's like, I thought I could relax. Yeah, yeah, but right. And he got called up for best director. And he's like, oh, crud. Yeah, now I can't relax well, anymore. Well, I'm not sure he said crud. Right. He may have said some other words. But. I, it was probably in Korean. So I, like, I just don't know. But I don't know what he's feeling. I mean, the, uh, the anxiety you must feel when you win an award in front of everybody in Hollywood, and you're not expecting to win, and then you have to give a speech. Must be so nerve wracking. I thought his co-producer did a fantastic yeah. job, and the fact that they killed the lights on her when they didn't do it at all for Phoenix, right? So Phoenix, he gets to talk as long as he wants. Well, we watched that, so we were on a little delay, right? Right. And we were on a delay, and you know that's the kind of the risk you get when you stream from Apple TV. Um, you know, we rang in the new year two minutes late, right? Because we didn't realize that. We were on a delay. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm tweeting away. Right. And you're, and I'm, I'm trying to catch up. I'm like, okay, who do I think is going to win? I got to tweet before John says anything else. And so <laughs> got to stay in front of him. Um, but yeah, so Parasite, Parasite took this. Everybody went up. And I think one, one person spoke. And then they went to switch to the, the other producer right. who spoke pretty good English. Yeah, she did. And she they, was so cute. And they killed the lights on her. Uh, and our friend Alec texted us. And he says, I can't believe they killed the lights. I'm like, what are you talking about? The lights are on. Nothing happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're on a delay. They're going to kill the lights on her. And, but I, but I knew that I was, so I was watching for it and a presenter came up, a presenter being like the person to close the show right. came up and you could see the spotlight go to her for a second and the camera went to her for a minute. And then all of a sudden the lights went out. So I think because of the switch, the transition from um, the first speech to the second speech they just didn't realize that they were finished but they should have the whoever was running the light lighting board should have kept that up for longer yeah and um, then there was chaos and then yeah, the you crowd, see tom hanks in the front row they're just to, and they just yeah. really called it back and that's a powerful thing too and i think that the guy who gives the director's speech he gets as much time as he wants and his movie gets as much time as he wants and you have that female producer present on that stage speaking and you just can't shut the lights off her no. in a in a a year where you did sort of overlook some powerful female yeah. presence. Yeah, oh yeah. And weren't they the first um not non-English speaking movie to ever win? Yeah, I was just going to say that they're the first ever non-English speaking film to ever win best picture. Your mouth Right, international, right, international film. Yeah, well, we like, used to like call film, foreign language film. Right, well, absolutely, film that isn't in English. Right, like every other film that has ever won Best Picture has always been primarily an English speaking film, um, and so this film is pushing boundaries, uh, and I'm I'm like really thrilled that it's getting the recognition it deserves. Uh, I mean, this was a film we were very excited about 
in 2019 when we were seeing previews and like we wanted to go see this film and I'm glad we got to see this in theaters. I mean, I think we saw this back in November when it released. And late at night. This was that yeah. was one of those till one in the morning and nights it for was, us. I mean, it's a spectacular movie. And I've said, you know, when people ask me, you know, what are your favorite films of 2019? I'll say my two favorite films of 2019 are both uh, foreign language films, international films. I love The Farewell and I love Parasite. Yep. And those are two at the top of my list right now for 2019. And I'm glad that this got the the award for the night. So uh if only that more people will go see international film uh i mean there's a quote that uh bong joon ho said at the golden globes uh when he won for may have been for best director or screenplay or whatever it was but he said once you can get over the two inch barrier of the subtitles your world will be open to so many more films Mm -hmm. um and i think that this is doing exactly that for for international movies so yeah, it was yeah. and and you know there were some incredible moments throughout the evening. Uh, you have the, you know, you get to see Bernie Taupin on stage, right? Um, uh, and you get to see, you know, although that song is was sort of flat as a performance, uh, <laughs> the Elton John song was sort of flat. The the two of them on stage was yeah. really beautiful, right? And they won for best song, right? And it was um, just really yeah. a beautiful moment. Yeah. Uh, and you, you, so you have a lot of interesting stuff happening. It's why I'm sad it wasn't more viewed because I think as awards go, the awards themselves and the people speaking about those awards, it was a unique year in some ways yeah. for that. Uh, I, but I, I mean, I just can't express 2019 has been an exemplary. We're like, we're really lucky. This is when we started this project. <laughs> it's, a good year to, it's a good year to start a podcast. I did say that. It's like, man, this is a really good year to, start a movie podcast like can't believe we picked 2019 to do this yeah and you have to look at like you know if people look back at our years worth of work yeah when you run into that summer blockbuster thing yeah and we had this sort of big sag right it felt like we were gonna there was gonna be some slog we were gonna go through and then suddenly right you know august rolls around and it's just boom like boom 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 hit after hit uh we'll see what happens this year i don't know but uh I don't know. I'm excited about, I mean, there, there's something about the Oscars that gets me excited about movies and Mm -hmm. makes me want to make movies and makes me want to be involved in cinema and do all that. It gets me excited about cinema in general. And the fact that this hasn't been around for very long, like you think about art in general, that's been around for decades and centuries and uh, in a way of millennia, you know, like this has been around for 130 years and there's still a long way to go. So, what's your biggest takeaway from the night before we get done here? Uh, biggest takeaway in what way? I, whatever. Like, what's as you think about the awards? What's the thing that sits in your head? What's the the thing that you find most interesting or important or whatever? Is that I I mean, it's just that I. <laughs> just so thrilled that Parasite won. <laughs> just, uh, I really was like, I thought they were going to get snubbed left and right, but I'm glad that the old white men in the academy, uh, uh, you know, gave them some awards. But it, I, like I said, like it makes me want to make movies, and Parasite's one of those films where I think, uh, and, and, and I mean, not even just Parasite, but like Martin Scorsese's making films because he loves making movies, right? And Quentin Tarantino's making movies because he loves it, and so is Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig, exactly. and Taika Waititi, and the movies that were the front runners and and Sam Mendes obviously but the movies that were the front runners for all of these categories are movies that the studios gave 
like here take the movie run with it we don't care what you do with it like right. it's your voice mm-hmm. and your your art i want you to just make something that you want to make and make it well and those are the movies that get the recognition and credit and you're i mean you're not going to see birds of prey on here uh right. I, like i you can feel the studio's control of that and you can go listen to our last episode of the podcast on that uh or actually actually it's, you can listen it's, it's out right it's, now it's out right today like as you're listening to this you can listen to yeah that. like but like there's a there's a there's a boatload of movies that come out every year where the studio has a heavy hand in the control over these movies and i hate that and i want i want filmmakers to be able to make the movie they want to make that's why quentin tarantino reinvests like all of his money into these into his next film and that's why they're a hit year after year because he's making the movie he wants to make and it's in his voice you know what you're going to get when you go see it and so my takeaway from this entire awards show is that use your voice for something you want to make for your art like if you're an artist don't try and mimic somebody else study what they're doing in the same way Bong Joon-ho is studying Scorsese and Tarantino and admires his other um, nominees right but put your own spin on it and and use your voice, use a unique voice uh, and make something that you're proud of. Um, and I think yeah. that I, that's really what I was trying to sort of see if we could talk a little bit about just yeah. briefly. I just feel like it's the a year where we understand that the artist, whether it's director or actor that or, or cinematographer, that these people are stepping into the foreground. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it wasn't there before, but sometimes those things are shrouded in whether it's uh, pageantry or it's topical nature, because Marriage Story isn't a brilliant film about divorce. Right. It's a brilliant film. Yeah. The story is of divorce. You know, it's like some, there's a difference in that. And I feel like the same thing is the case with 1917. It is not as much a story about World War One, even though it is, as it is it's a story about human beings yeah. told well and parasites the same thing it's about class and i just find that the, letting the director have vision and we we see that happening in the marvel movies let directors have vision yeah let them take it and run with it right and it's less so there than it is here and we talk about the artisan film idea sure and here yeah. this is a a wall of films that amc calls artisan films right that really are maybe artisan films but that doesn't mean that they're less accessible or less for broad appeal we just want those artists to be able to tell the story with their eyes yeah um so that we can really encounter another human being's vision yeah exactly um anything else to add i mean i think this is kind of a good follow-up from, yeah. from last night's uh i thought the show, uh so. the, the number of times they bleeped eminem was extraordinarily <laughs> funny uh i there, there was another bleep who was it who got bleeped some some I, man oh, got um, bleeped no, no, it wasn't Spike Lee. no, it was Spike Lee had a nice suit. Oh, who was it? It wasn't Will. Billy Fred. Porter tore it up. Oh my god! Yep, a, pr- a spectacular yep. moment. Uh, but yeah, who was it who got bleeped? Someone got bleeped. It was a comedian. It was somebody who was standing was on the right hand side. He, he was on the right hand side. I can't remember. In. Uh, I'm too old. Oh, you're too See, old. I can't. No, even I know. Either. Well, that's you're, you. You don't have an excuse. Age. I have an excuse. Uh, but yeah, th- I mean, I thought the cat's <laughs> jokes were fantastic. Oh, I thought that goodness. was a really spectacular moment. Yes, and and we can sort of say that there's going to be a cat podcast coming yes. out of us. Yeah, not um, not you and I. Not you and I. We can't do it. My eyes will melt in my skull. But uh, yes. yeah, what what's going to happen, Steph? <laughs> so uh, the Doyle women, my mom, my sister, and I are going to 
watch Cats, which is a movie that we used to watch as children. I'm sorry, it was a Broadway play that was on a VHS. And we used to watch it as kids and loved it, and I'm pumped to see this. I know it's going to suck. They're not reviewing the Broadway play version. They're reviewing the new one. awful new one. But. Which, yeah, never mind the value of it. Oh, but it's all nostalgic, and I know it's going <laughs> to suck going into it. Is it nostalgic? But that's what the cats are supposed to look like. Everyone's freaking out that they all look wacko. I've never seen a cat look like look, that. If you watch the Broadway version, they're all in bodysuits. There's a moment I'm going to question you about after you've seen it that I've heard about. I, we might um, sit in the room just to question uh, you. And, and we'll see how that goes. So so anyway, that that's it. So uh, that's all for this episode of the Ragging Focus Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our, our mild reflections on this year's Academy Awards. Yes, um, there's something that we want you guys to do. Um, we want to connect with you, and we have this app. It's, well, it's not our app. We don't own it. We don't have it, it but we're on it. It's certainly not our it's, app. It's called letterboxed okay l-e-t-t-e-r-b-o-x-d there's no e at the end b-o-x-d get on that app it is free to use we've left the link in the uh we have, in the show notes and we're leaving our tags and we're leaving our notes. tags in the show notes as well so or you can names. find us and connect with us on those apps we're going to be uploading uh kind of our our small written reviews to each of the films that we're seeing so you can connect with us on there follow us we would love to, to talk with you about those movies. We can leave comments and kind of chat back yeah, and forth. It'll be it's really great. good, I think. So connect and, with us there. Yeah. And then just rackingfocuspodcast.com and all the rest of the stuff you need is there. Go check it out. Yep. Thank you guys again, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.